Welcome back to Season 4 of Coming Out Stories from What Goes On Media. I'm Emma Goswell, and over the next few months, I'll be bringing you some incredible stories from LGBTQ plus people from right across the globe. This episode, we're off to Ireland to meet Serena, who identifies as being lesbian and who came out a bit later in life. Now, this interview was recorded at the last ever Elfest sob. It was a brilliant festival for gay and bisexual women and held in Clandidno in Wales. I mention it because you may hear some background noise or music, and that's why. Anyway, time to hear from Serena. Oh, and do listen to the full episode, please, as there's a really interesting twist in this tale. I came to this late, shall we say. (laughs) I was a very straight woman with two kids and an almost husband that I had been in a relationship with for 12 years. And then I fell in love with a woman who had been my friend for about 12 years. Wow, there's a lot to unpick here, Serena. I don't know where to start, really. So so you were friends with someone for 12 years. At what stage do you fall in love with a friend? Or was it always? Six months before I was used to get married to him. That's when I fell in love with her. And presumably you'd already said yes to him. Yeah, we were literally six months away from getting married. So the church was booked? Well, it wasn't a church because he had been previously divorced, so we weren't allowed to do that in Ireland. But the reception was booked, the dress had just arrived... The invitations had been, you know, formatted, not sent out, thankfully, but we weren't far from it. And, um, yeah, this woman that I had been friends with for for 12 years, her and her girlfriend, uh, both called Lisa, weirdly. Yeah, we just fell in love, like, six months before I was due to get married, and, and 18 years later, here we are. And you're still together with Lisa. Spoiler alert. How old are the kids at this stage, then? At the time, the kids, my kids were four and seven. Yeah, so quite little. What was that time like then? Terrifying, because my first and foremost issue, obviously, was going to be, were my kids going to be okay? How was it going to be for them? I was taking them out of, essentially, you know, the 2.4 house with the picket fence and all that stuff that I had wanted all of my life. I, I felt I was taking them from that and into a relationship that I hadn't a clue what was going on. Was it going to work? Was it going to be a phase? Was I just experimenting? You know, I had really didn't know what was going on, to be honest with you. And how old were you at this stage? 33. So at 33, and you'd never had any sort of feelings for another woman? You never thought you might be gay? Never, ever, ever. And I had been around the gay scene a long time at that point. A lot of my friends were gay. I had been in all around the gay scene in Dublin since my very early 20s. Never for a second did I think about a woman in that way even now like so many years later I'm 52 now I look back on my 20s and I'm thinking oh did I have a crush on her no 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 because a lot of conversations that I have on this podcast are with people who you know talking about their childhood and being at school and that's quite difficult because people are obviously gay and they're getting bullied for how they look or how they dress or how they act and presumably you didn't experience any of that then no I didn't I feel like I'm I like missed that rite of passage completely because by the time I kind of came to this I was 33 didn't have a big angst about telling anybody my parents I mean the biggest angst was telling the father of my kids that was an angst but I had no telling my parents angst or 
my friends or were people going to you know react badly to me and and one or two people did react badly to it but I was at the age where I really knew that that was their problem and not mine mm. and I feel really grateful for that and I, I felt really grateful for that at the time you know this one woman who wouldn't um, my daughter and her daughter played together and she wouldn't let her daughter come to my house anymore what because mm. she found out you were a lesbian mm-hmm. yeah so she wouldn't let her daughter come to my house and did that, that was, surprise you yeah it really did surprise me I was shocked the kids our kids would have played together at least twice a week from the time they were babies you know we spent at least two afternoons a week in each other's houses and then she just wasn't allowed to come to our house anymore and it definitely did shock me but and this is the bit I'm so grateful for I knew straight away that that was her problem yeah. and not mine yeah. I didn't for a second take that in I didn't for a yeah. second think there's something wrong with me I really just yeah. thought God isn't that sad for her and did you have a conversation with her and say what are you thinking I just kind of had a conversation and said how sad that was I likened it to like I said it feels like you're telling me that the world is flat and that's what you believe and I just think that that's really sad if that's yeah. what you believe it's like you're telling me the world is flat well, she was in some way implying that you were a danger to her child oh, no, she was explicitly implying that we were a danger to her daughter explicit, she was quite explicit with it and I just really thought how sad that is for you that that is where you are and she has five kids you know oh. there's a good possibility one of them's going to be gay exactly and going to work out for her you know oh my god and I guess the big conversation which you've alluded to already is telling the father of your children mm. how, how did that go so that was less explicit mm. <laughs> um, and he and I we never had the conversation he knew Lisa because Lisa had been a friend for years she had been in our house she had been at the kids christenings like mm. I mean he knew her and I wasn't brave enough I honestly wasn't brave enough to say because you know when when Lisa and I kind of first thought oh something has gone on here it was four weeks after that that I left him and I just hadn't got the the courage at that point to tell him this is why so I just said look we're not going to get married it's not working and I moved out and I moved up to Lisa's house in Navin but he probably wouldn't have thought that was a big huge deal because we were friends anyway so I don't ever remember a conversation but I mean he's one of our best friends now and Lisa and him get on like a house on fire I mean they literally share power tools which is you know (laughs) That's brilliant, I love it. So, I mean, he knows, safe to say. But I I just, I chickened out the conversation, to be honest. And I honestly, and this sounds like a bit of a cop-out, but it's also true, I don't think he would have been able for that conversation either. No. No. Well, I suppose you weren't leaving him for another man, you were just saying, I'm leaving you, it's not working, it's just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, we we were essentially, we were housemates and really good co-parents anyway at that point. So... It wasn't like he was losing the love of his life either. And I know that does sound like I'm making excuses, but it just is the way it was. And we have a, a pretty much our relationship is pretty much the same now as it was then, only we're living in separate houses. Like I literally just got a text from him just there saying, I'm out for a walk with Noah, that's our grandson. Will I call in or are you still away? You know, so we have a lovely relationship. And he, like he sends jokey texts to Lisa that he doesn't send to me because they have the same sense of humour and I do not. Um, so they, we just really are very 
2022 I'll get yeah. on very well well you are and really your kids are doing great aren't they because they've got extra parents you've mm. just got more people looking out for them really absolutely and mm. it's always been like that and there's never been a big animosity between the three of us so they have definitely won in that and we've a, a beautiful grandson now Noah he's uh, seven months nearly eight months so we just all get on and I'm aware that you know look I say that and it sounds trite, but actually we've all worked really hard to get to where we are yeah. with that. You know, it hasn't been, you know, a huge struggle, but we've all we've all had to work and be mindful of each other and make an effort at it. But we all care about each other. So it's worked. Yeah. And I guess the kids were quite young when you got together with Lisa, so there wasn't really a conversation to have with them at that age, was there? I did have a conversation with my son when he was nine um, so again we you know we we lived, moved into Lisa's house and for the first couple of weeks we put the she had a three bedroom house so we put the two kids into one bedroom we told the kids I was sleeping in the third bedroom mm. but obviously I wasn't so when they'd knock on the third bedroom door and I wouldn't be there I'd have to say hang on um, and then we bought a house that was like a four bedroom house and I think when we, we, we bought that quite quickly as lesbians do um, <laughs> and they didn't know that we were in the same room either then but when we were about nine when he was nine I sat, I sat him down and I said look I, you know I love Lisa and Lisa loves me and there was something on I think on Coronation Street or something at the time and I said you know we're not just friends I, I love Lisa the way so and so loves so and so and you know how would you feel about that and he just said to me Thank you for telling me, Mammy. That was very brave of you. At the age of nine. nine he's wise, yeah. isn't he? Oh, he was so wise. I went in. I remember. I went, then he said something like, you know, can I have a chocolate or whatever? I was like, yeah, fine. Gave it to him, went into the shower, and I just sobbed, sobbed. Mm. Because he was so wise and he was so just wonderful about it all. And Kate, who was four when we got together, never had a conversation with her. She just grew up knowing no different. It just always yeah. was the way it was. She just always had two mums. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She always had two mums and it was it was no yeah. big deal for her at all. And was it any big deal for them in their peer group as well? You know, and I'm speaking to I'm speaking as someone that is a mum and is bringing up a child with two mums and that's always something you worry about, isn't it? That there's going to be some sort of yeah. idiocy at school where the kids go, oh, you've got two mums, you know. And yeah. Is, has that ever been an issue? No, it has been an issue. Um, but I think it's we can only do what we can do to arm our kids. I think if there's going to be cruel kids in school, they're going to find something to bully your kid about. If it's not having two mums, it's having a big nose or it's having the wrong hair. It's going to be something. So what we did, and actually this was a bit really important thing for me, was I surrounded myself when my kids were small with other kids who had two mums yes. so it was just so normal for them in fact it was more normal for them for friends to come over with two mums than it was t- to have a mum and a dad mm-hmm. and remind us where you're living where this is all going on because I guess being in a city is um, easier maybe than rural places in Ireland yeah I mean we're in suburban Dublin like north side suburban Dublin yeah. you know just your normal one of the mill but I, I was so lucky very early on um, like weeks into my relationship with Lisa I went looking actively looking for mums with kids and I found um, Sapphic Ireland which was a website that was run at the time by Susie Bourne who was an amazing gay activist in, in Ireland mm. and found that website connected with other mums and never looked back so it was there that I found and I literally went on saying this is me this is my kids four and seven anyone else out there like me and Sapphic Ireland connected us all and 20 years later those women are still my friends 
So was there anyone else that you had to come out to then? Were there, were there friends, were there family members that you had to break the news to? Yeah, well, I think we're always coming out, aren't we? Yeah. All the time, yeah. you know? I mean, like every time there's a new guy started in work last week, I'm just so open about who I am and my wife is always in the conversation. It's always me and the wife or whatever. But you can still see the, the kind of the double take because I suppose some people might say that I stereotypically I don't look like a stereotypical lesbian so no. it's not as I will just say you are sat here in a lovely pink frock <laughs> you are nice Carl, Carl floral bit number with my pink lipstick yeah but because I don't uh, look like a stereotypical lesbian it, it's a, it's more of a shock for people I think so yeah. you know they're like oh you know and people say things like when we went to get our kitchen done a few years ago and we were trying to design the kitchen and the kitchen guy was like so whose kitchen is it because I was saying I want this and Lisa was saying I want that and the kitchen guy goes oh and whose kitchen is it and I said it's ours and he went oh 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 right okay well that's okay then and I was like well thank you so much for your permission thank you you know lesbians can have kitchens too exactly so I mean I'm coming out all the time to people but as I say I feel because I was so late in the day I was like euphorically in love I just kind of didn't really care what other people thought and still don't yeah well, there's something to be said about coming out a bit older, isn't there, really? Because you haven't got all that angst and yeah. hormones that you have going around your body when you're a teenager, which a lot of people do, I guess. Definitely. And look, I also had, you know, some amazing role models that I had known when, when, I, when I was straight, when I thought I was straight, whatever. However, I don't really care. But I, I knew all these amazing people then. When Lisa and I got together, I, I surrounded myself with amazing women, mostly women. So that really just made it so much easier for yeah. me. I mean, we all grew up the four of us me Lisa and the kids we've just existed in a world where you know women in love is just the norm like that's just it is it pretty easy to be part of the LGBT community in Dublin then I'm guessing it's a pretty forward-thinking town isn't it yeah I mean look it is for me and for our for I mean I'm a 52 year old lesbian so I mean we've got a lovely tribe going on there so for us I think it's very it's easy but you know and I, th- I think it probably is easier for 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 people coming up, but you know I also don't want to, I don't want to kind of make it out that there isn't problems and there aren't problems because there still are. You know I saw something in the paper just the other day about some guy coming into it in, into a shop and demanding that the pride flag be taken down because it's just Pride Month in, in oh. June, and you think God, do people like you really exist? Yes, they really do, and you know that must be really difficult for some seventeen-year-old or eighteen-year-old or twenty-two-year-old who thinks, Jesus, is there really something wrong with me? I was just very lucky that I was 33 and and really knew that, you know, if there was something wrong, it, it just wasn't with me. Yeah. And there were a couple of people who were attacked at Dublin Pride this year or so. Yeah. yeah, and that happens. Like, honestly, we probably have a dozen homophobic attacks a year that make it to the papers and lots more that don't. Yeah. But again, I think that... Hurt people hurt people and bullies are going to bully and, you know, if it's not going to be, if gay people are an easy target and there's a lot to be said for internalised homophobia and how people transfer that onto people that they see being happy when maybe that's what they want themselves. Mm. But, you know, I think that you can choose to live in that world and be fearful or you can choose to 
to not, and I, I just choose not. Yeah, quite right. Yeah. What, what about parents? Are your parents still around or not? No, no. no. Okay. Um, my, they're both. Well, I say my, they're both dead. I never knew my dad, so that was very easy. I didn't, I didn't have to go there at all. Mm. My mum. Oh, interesting twist for your podcast. My mum died five years ago. Oh. Five years ago, she knew about me and Lisa, um, and we had, you know, there was conversations. But my mum and I were not close at all. But when she died, I went to get to go through her papers and um, found um, her writings about her own lesbian um, her own lesbian affairs what? yes starting what? from before she was pregnant with me yeah so yeah, spoiler alert there that was that's a twist for your podcast it was amazing because she had done like um, a list of stuff in her life I suppose she was a writer my mother so she wrote a lot of stuff down but she was having um, affairs with women from pre-me I was born in 1970 right up until the 80s was when she had written down the last one yeah and she kind of was talking about them and I, my mind was blown and I felt I tell you I felt really sad that she had never said it to me yeah. while she was alive you know for her to never say gosh you know I know what that feels like to be in love with a woman I and even when you fell in love with a woman she could have gone I, well, I, I know, that could have been a good opportunity that's yeah. exactly what I mean we, you know because she knew about me and Lisa like Lisa and I got married and you know that I, I felt really sad that she never said I know what you're feeling you know because I've been there and she never she never had a long term relationship with a man so I mean I don't know would she have, would she have identified as lesbian I don't know I wonder what I guess it would have been very different in her era though in Ireland growing up and probably she obviously felt like she couldn't come out yeah look my mother had enough shame going on in 1970 she gave birth to a child on her own without a father so in you know inner city North Dublin that's enough shame for you to carry all your life she was also an alcoholic that comes with a whole lot of shame with that too so I maybe the the gay thing was just a step too far for her but I just you know I was so sorry or so sad when I read that stuff that she had not been able because my mother and I didn't connect on many levels and that would have been one that we could have connected on and she just for whatever reason didn't feel able to tell me but it was pretty cool that I found it all the same yeah Mm. I feel like there's a book in there Serena (laughs) you wouldn't be the first person to say that to me yeah gosh Okay, so I always ask this question towards the end. Then, what, any advice for other people coming out? I know for you it was a bit later in life, but maybe for anyone sort of being in shock that they've suddenly fallen in love with some of the same, someone of the same gender. Any advice for how to do it? Find your tribe. Like yeah. honestly, that is just that is the most important piece of advice I would give you for whatever whether that's coming out whether that's you know finding yourself in any other kind of marginalised or society that's that's a minority find your tribe because they absolutely are out there and when you find them you will know that these are the people for you and then hang on to them because I have and that's what really has made it such a it's such a relatively easy 20 years for me I have met and kept amazing women in my life and I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for them to be honest with you yeah, and that's from joining that parenting group so for you it was other LGBT parents yeah absolutely it was, it was actually just a, a women's group it wasn't even a parents group yeah. but there were I, I put a call out for other parents and they came yeah. and you know some of them were still married at the time and they had no other way to connect with somebody only, that, only on Sapphic Ireland so I I, I don't know how it would have been for me had I not found those women um, yeah. but I'm really grateful that I did that I had and that I still have them 
So we started this conversation talking about how 20 years ago or a bit more you were about to get married to a man and then you didn't and you have alluded to a couple of times. You are now happily married to a woman and what was it like then finally eventually walking down the aisle 20 years later than you were originally going to but to the woman that you were in love with? It was amazing. It was amazing. And, oh God, I don't know how this is going to make me sound when I wore the dress. <laughs> the dress that I had gotten when for, for, when John and I were getting married, it was just so lovely. <laughs> Safe cost, Serena. <laughs> Couldn't be without it. So, um, yeah, I ended up wearing the dress. <laughs> I love that. Any, any other memories of the wedding day that you just like? Ah, look, share? we were surrounded with we were surrounded with love. There was, you know, so many people there who uh, just wanted the best for us. I think for for us you know because and somebody alluded to it here at Elfest getting married is, is a novelty for us still where yeah. you know you know for heterosexual people they've been doing it for centuries but for us it's such a novelty and I think everybody gay people straight people anyone at the wedding was just extra out to, to celebrate it and you know I know I refer to my wife all the time and that's, as that my wife my wife my wife and and somebody said to me you know why do you keep doing that and I was like because I fucking can and that means so much because for all of the years it's been my partner, my girlfriend, my friend and now I can say my wife and that really means a lot so I say it at every opportunity and so does she. So love Serena and what a great story and further proof that it's never too late to come out and probably also proof that we should never assume that our parents led boring lives before they had us. Oh, and as a side note, can someone please set up another lesbian festival? Elfest ending has left a big old hole in my summer diary. Thank you. Right, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. You don't want to miss the next one, for example, when we hear from Rob. He's a gay man who has a classic example of a parent not really reading the signs. My best friend is, uh, is actually trans, but we've grown up with each other because our mothers were best friends. And we used to swap clothes, so I would put on Katie's clothes and Katie would put on my clothes. I'd be called Sally and Katie would be called Christopher. And our mums would take us to sort of Tesco's and B&Q and, you know, out and about. And they'd call me Sally and they'd call Katie Christopher and they'd go along with the whole thing all the time. And uh, my mum always said she didn't know. But I was like, well, how could you not know? Like I dressed up as a, as a girl, like throughout the majority of my childhood. And she just said that she thought I was theatrical.